Uh, uh. I used to pray for times like this, to rhyme like this, so I had to grind like that, to shine like this. In a matter of time, I spent on some locked up shit in the back of the paddy wagon, cuffs locked on wrist. See my dreams unfold, nightmares come true. It was time to marry the game, and I said, Yeah, I do. If you want it, you gotta see it with a clear eye view. Got shorty, she try and bless me like I said I'd chew Like a nigga sneeze, nigga please for them tricky squeeze I'm getting cream, never let them hoes get in between Or what we started, little nigga but I'm lying hearted They love me when I was stuck and they hate it When I departed, I go and get it regardless Draw like I'm an artist, no crawling Went straight to walking with foreigns in my garages All foreign bitches menaging, fucking sucking and swallowing Anything for a dollar, they tell me get him, I got him Got him I did it without an album. I did shit with Mariah. Low nigga, I'm on fire. Icy as a hockey ring, Philly nigga, I'm flying. Welcome back to another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John Dabari, my overly happy co host, Mr. Matt Walker, and as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. So, the conference championship games are in the books. Super Bowl a uh, couple weeks ahead here. Walk, your Eagles are playing in the Super Bowl yet again. So uh, I'm not even going to ask how you're doing because I'm sure it's good. So we'll probably start with that game. So I'll say it anyway. How are you? And what would you like to talk about your Philadelphia Eagles in particular? Yeah, I'm going to start with appropriately happy. No, maybe not overly happy. And, you know, for anyone that's concerned, no, I was not on top of a uh, bus stop uh, enclosure uh, celebrating uh, on Sunday. I was, was safely tucked away uh, in the comfort of my own home for that one. But, yeah, Eagles dispatched of the 40 winers rather easily. Get it. Losing Brock Purdy pretty much. At that point, I think it was only like a seven-seven game still, and I was like, "Well, this one's over." You know, your your boy Josh Johnson was was not going to be the difference maker in this contest. So it was just a matter of when the Eagles started piling on the points. Niners defense showed up by and large. They're good. They're good defense. You know, they did what they were supposed to do, but they they kept getting put back on the field over and over and over and over again. I mean, the Eagles had over thirty-seven minutes time of possession. You know, they were plus 15 in the game, and it showed. They were on the field all day, it seemed like. Um, and the end was, you know, a 31-7 drubbing. So now the narrative is the Eagles had the easiest path to the Super Bowl, like, humanly possible, as if we can pick who we play against. Like, that's what being the one seed is. You're supposed to get a bye, and then you play the, the worst teams until the Super Bowl. That's the point. The reality is the NFC is inferior to the AFC. So there's really nothing we can do there. The Giants were everyone's darling. They beat the Vikings. We smacked the shit out of them. The 49ers were like the Shanahan team of destiny. I know Brock Purdy got hurt, smacked the shit out of them. Like we were, we're destroying the teams that are put in front of us, you know, and granted they couldn't generate any offense, but listen, we ran against the best run defense. I think statistically in the NFL, I mean, we ran on them. Like we used their strength and beat them with it. So it's to me impressive. Nonetheless, yeah, reading that Brock Purdy has a torn UCL, um, which Tommy John, you know, for the, the baseball I, fanatics, which I read a thing <laughs> yesterday that said he can avoid it and get some other repair instead of replacement. And then my thought is that was a thing for a guy who throws the ball. I mean, I could see like if he was a, you know, linebacker or something, but if he throws the ball, don't you need the Tommy John? Like, I'll defer to experts on Twitter um, as to what should be done, but I think the motion is different from a baseball pitcher to like a football quarterback that maybe you can get away with a repair as as going to a, you know, full Tommy John surgery because Josh Allen also partially tore his UCL. That's the same injury he sustained. He didn't fully tear it. He was back on a football the next week. Um you know, so it's probably something to do with like nerve damage, grip strength. Like that was the problem with him. Hoping he gets to come back. I mean, obviously didn't want injury to impact the game. You never want that even against your opponent. You want to see, you want to get their best, you know? So now they, they have, they have this asterisk. Well, listen, I hate when, when other teams have the asterisk, right? It's what if Brock Purdy was healthy the whole game? I don't know that it would make a huge difference personally. 
in the game. Maybe they get another touchdown. Maybe it's 31 14. Maybe it's 31 17. Okay. It's still a cover, a big cover by the Eagles, and they're walking away to a championship. He wasn't going to bridge the gap for them. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo would have bridged the gap for them. I think we're the far superior team, and that's no slight to them. They were dealing with their third string and then fourth string quarterback in the game. Well, I mean, that's that's the reality of the NFL. People get hurt. So we move on. You know, it Trent Williams even- temper. Trent, Trent Williams temper tantrum aside, you know, we uh, <laughs> we were pretty healthy going into the Super Bowl two weeks from now, and the same can't be said for uh, our opponent. Yeah, and it's not even like right. Given Philly's pass rush throughout the year, what seventy sacks? I think most ever. Is that correct? Uh, it was not. The Bears still had us. So it just goes to show you, like what that team was in a the eighty-five Bears season. had more. I think it's the 80. Yeah, there's like two bear teams, I believe. And I think one was the 85 bears, which was like 75 sacks. Can I go back to just, that? It was, it was good to be a bears fan when I was a kid. <laughs> which is just bonkers, right? Yeah, back then. But anyway, the, the point is, the, the, it's not a crazy outcome to have something bad happen to an opposing quarterback <clears throat> when you're facing a team that has all year beat the shit out of opposing quarterbacks. Like... Yeah. The, the least surprising QB injury ever, like in hindsight. You know what I mean? If someone was going to get hurt ever, it's whoever was playing the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, our pass rush is ferocious. I mean, Hassan Reddick should be, should have at least been votable for defensive player of the year. The fact he's not even on the ballot is insane. I mean, the dude had 16 regular season sacks, five forced fumbles, pass defense, fumble recoveries, almost 50 tackles, like disrupted the game week in and week out. And, you know, the dude can't even get on about had another two sacks. He was the one that hit Purdy, you know, when he got injured, you know, and just really set the tone for the game this year. And we're happy to have him. you know, the, the temple product coming back home. It was a, another stroke of genius for, uh, for Howie Roseman. He's, He's he's batting a thousand this year as far as the moves he's made. I'll tell you that he's not had a a stinker yet. So, yeah. fly goes fly. They're going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> we'll, we, we can get into that. They've already been installed as a one and a half point favorite, which you know that's I appreciate that. Um, so <laughs> it's a it's a good start to things. You know we're we're not the underdogs anymore. You know that was our that was our mantra a few years back with the the Nick Foles run, and now we're 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 the hunted. You know, so it's a it's an interesting place to be in. So before I guess we'll just <clears throat> stick in the NFC here before we jump to the other side. But you know, we talked about the the fantasy playoff leagues and you know player matchups and stuff like that. For the most part, your decisions up to this point have made the decisions for you in the Super Bowl. So if you've done it correctly, you're either playing Hurts or Mahomes at quarterback, at tight end, you're either playing uh, Goddard or Kelsey. Um, but there, there is a little wiggle room here with the other positions uh, if you played it correctly. So as far as the running backs, assuming you maybe played Scott against the Giants and got that cheap touchdown, which he always gets, or, you're, or you already used uh, Sanders here and there, <clears throat> How comfortable would you be playing Gainwell in the Super Bowl? Pretty comfortable. Um, one, yeah, the Chiefs are a role. bad. They're a bad run defense. Um, I think that's what the Eagles are going to try to do: is run, 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 keep Mahomes off the field because that's our bread and butter anyway. So I think all three running backs are going to be involved, and plus Hurts. But you know, and granted, it was in blowout fashion. But Gamewell led them in carries um, mm-hmm. this last week. I'm pretty sure he led them in carries the week before. I mean, it's tough to um, really evaluate because they were both blowouts. But I oh know Miles Sanders got them the the 20 carries the week before, I believe. So maybe he didn't lead them both weeks. But um, nonetheless, he's he's. The second back in in this offense, he's a good pass catcher as well. I do think they'll probably have 30-plus carries uh, in the game. And, you know, that could be, you know, 8 to 10 conservatively for Gamewell uh, if things break in his favor. He's looked like – he looks like a different player these last couple of weeks. He's running determined. 
know, he's breaking tackles. He's getting north south. He's not dancing a lot. And I think he's realizing, make the most of the opportunities that are in front of you, son. You know, like get, go get those yards. And yeah, he's looking good doing it. I'd feel real comfortable with him, especially if I already used Sanders and and Boston Scott. That he's, you know, ten plus touches is should be assumed for him. If you had both Gainwell and Sanders, let's say you were able to avoid all the Philly backs up to this point, which which one do you prefer in the big? I mean, you, I, I would probably say Sanders because he's getting the goal line carries, so he's still the starter in the offense. It was right anyway. Sanders had 17 carries a game, almost 12 um, in the Giants game, and, and Gainwell did a lot of his damage very late when that game was super over, including his touchdown. So I would still lean towards Miles Sanders. Uh, I think he's he's a guarantee for 15-plus carries. He's not really going to do anything in a passing game, but I'm sure he's going to be the probably odds-on favorite for a touchdown over those other two um, mm-hmm. on sports books, and I think he should be. So if I had both, I would I would lean Sanders over Gamewell, but I I have no problem using Gamewell if you've used all your Eagles, because I'm not going to go with you know a Pacheco and McKinnon, other you know run back on the other side against the Eagles defense. Let's say you had used Scott against the uh, Giants, and you put I'm sorry the other way. Let's say you used Gamewell already and Sanders. I mean Scott. Scott gets enough work where at least you're not going to take a zero. I mean, the the touchdown things are, are obviously fluky for anyone. He did get in the end zone again last week, so he gets six <laughs> points in there. <laughs> 21 he yards, did. so two points. So even if you ended up kind of screwing up your lineup heading into the Super Bowl, which I think I did on one of my teams, I had such a bad week, I haven't even checked <laughs> scores yet. Mm-hmm. I know they're bad. I don't even have to look. But I, I would – you know, you're not you're not taking a goose egg with Scott. At least he's going to get you, you know, two is significantly better than zero. So I think if you ended up, you know, uh, screwing the pooch up to this point here and, and Gainwell and Sanders both aren't available to you and you had to get somebody from the NFC side, Scott is better than most RB3s you're going to get a chance to trot out there. Yeah, 100%. I mean, he's going to see some work. I mean, it might be five carries, but they trust him in high leverage situations. The game wasn't out of hand, I don't believe. He's, he scored his touchdown in the third quarter because we didn't score in the fourth. So it was it was a valuable carry that he still got in a game that wasn't over. It was probably decided, but not over at all. So, yeah, they like him, you know, and they're, they'll, they'll use him in certain scenarios. And if one of those other two backs gets dinged up, I mean, he steps up. They do rotate backs. So, yeah, I mean, you could certainly do worse. You know, you don't want the third running back in KC, right? You don't want Ronald Jones no. if that's, or CEH, whoever it is. You don't want that guy, whoever's active. They're not touching the ball outside of an injury. Boston Scott's going to see opportunity. Well, it's it's funny. I mean, it's kind of a, a polar opposite situation. We're talking you don't want the RB3 in Kansas City where they have a little more depth at wide receiver and you could kind of plug and play guys there and then cross your fingers and hope, whereas Philly – it's the opposite. If you already use Smith and AJ Brown, you're pretty screwed here because you could go Zach Pascal or or Watkins and hope to God they get more than you know three targets. But hasn't been the case this year. And you had said you're you're thinking going into the game, Philly's going to want to run the ball to keep <clears throat> time of possession on their side and keep the Kansas City offense off the field. So it's not even probably a favorable game script. If you have to get Pascal or Watkins in there from a fantasy perspective, obviously not you personally, you're almost hoping for a a big Kansas city giant lead in the first half there. So Philly's forced to throw in the second half and get more of these guys involved because depth chart wise, if you don't have the top two guys in Philly, it's hard to have any of these guys confidently in your lineup. There's not a world where I would use Zach Pascal or Quiz Watkins. I mean, I'm using Sky Moore. I'm using Miko Hardman. I'm, I'm Justin Watson. Whoever's active. I mean, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, you probably didn't use him so far. I, I'm using every Kansas City receiver over either of those two guys. They might see one or two targets in the game. Quiz Watkins would need it to be a deep ball he connects on. I can guarantee you the Zach Pascal target is going to be of like the three-yard variety. <laughs> so that, you know, like I'll take the the upside of those other guys with Mahomes over 
you know, game script potential of those guys maybe seeing two targets because that's all it would be. It would still be like 90% of targets are going to that big three. 8% are going to running backs, and then the, there's a 2% chance that Pascal and Quez Watkins get some, get some opportunity in that game. So, yeah, I'd be leaning heavy KC receivers um, if, uh, if you already used Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown, which hasn't really worked out for you because – Devonta Smith, or sorry, AJ Brown's been—he's been bad in the playoffs. Um, you know, not for lack of opportunity. He saw eight targets, even though that Jalen Hurts only threw it twenty-five times. I mean, it's just they played good in the secondary. You know, broke up a couple of passes. AJ Brown had a shot at a big play, slightly overthrown by Jalen Hurts. But I mean, he's been a liability in fantasy lineups in the playoffs. And Devonta Smith, I think he did well against uh, the Giants. Yes. Um, yeah, he had a he had a yeah. solid game against the Giants, right? Um, yeah, yeah six for sixty-one and a touchdown. Yeah, I mean it's still not amazing, but he saw ten targets in that game. Um, so hopefully you <laughs> used them then. But if not, you're definitely going to fly them out there now because there's the most likely need for them to throw will be in this game. We never thought it was going to happen against the Giants. Uh, thought there was a possibility. I liked AJ Brown against San Fran, but the game script changed once Purdy got hurt, and they didn't want to put the ball at risk probably. So they just committed to running it shorter passes. So if, if you hadn't, I still would trust them now, but odds are you've used them at this point. Yeah. So that should, that should wrap up everything on the NFC side. I'm sure you're (laughs) sad to see it go, but moving on to the other conference, the AFC, um, we talked a little before we started recording. I fell asleep halfway through, so I missed Missed all the action at the end here. I kind of caught up on Twitter and the internets since then. But uh, anything you want to discuss about the game because you're more knowledgeable about it, more knowledgeable about it than I am. And then we'll kind of do the same thing and uh, break down the different player options here with uh, the Chiefs. Yeah, you said you fell asleep. But I think you could also say the game put you to sleep potentially because this game well, was. It didn't help. The first half didn't help me. Now, build to be awesome and stunk, especially the first quarter where the Bengals generated zero yards of offense, zero for the first quarter of the game. So they were just behind the eight ball, but it was only three nothing because the Chiefs didn't do shit either. I mean, both of these teams couldn't mm-hmm. get out of neutral, even though the Chiefs were racking up yards. They just weren't getting into the end zone early. 13 to six at halftime. Bengals kind of came out um, a little more aggressive in the second half. Ultimately came down to late game heroics i guess you would say because mahomes on his bad ankle which he was struggling with all day you could just see like even just like scramble and throw and stuff like still hobbled um by that ankle injury i don't know what the exact rush yardage was but he uh he scrambled where we at fourth quarter get the actual scrambled for 16 nope sorry check that where is it (laughs) my goodness where is it all right, I'm struggling here. Is this uh, Mahomes I'm, rushing? I'm going backwards. Just where they scored and ended the game. He had uh, a five-yard rush. It's oh, I'm third and four. I know he just picked up the first down and got out of bounds. And then <clears> Joseph Asai, who like brushed the nameplate on the back of his jersey and <laughs> tapped his heel with his foot. Mahomes goes down, you know, like a sniper got him, which of course is the right thing to do, right? Joseph Asai like hyperextends his knee. Looks like a terrible injury for him. They pick up another 15 on the pass interference, on the roughing, um, the unsportsmanlike conduct, kick the field goal, win the game. I mean, it was, it, it's, it stunk as if they wanted the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I'll say that. I mean, earlier in the game, a third down play got whistled dead after the play because the Chiefs didn't pick up a first down and the refs had let them do, get a redo. On the redo, uh, they still don't convert, but they pick up like a pass interference, I believe it was, on the play, and there was a blatant hold by the Chiefs offensive lineman <laughs> on that play where it shouldn't have been a first down either, and they got it. I mean, if I'm a Bengals fan, I, I think you have cause for crying at this point in time because it sure looked like it was pretty slanted uh, in the Chiefs' favor um, as far as everything was concerned. I didn't look at penalties, but uh, – Nine for 71 on the Bengals as opposed to four for 55 on the Chiefs. So Chiefs racked up some yardage, but, you know, pretty significant tilt, you know, as far as penalties were concerned. By the letter of law, that last play was 
unnecessary roughness, whatever the hell it's called, because he was clearly out of bounds, but it wasn't like he laid him out. It was like he was trying to run him down to get him before the first down. And if you're a 250-pound DN like Asai is, I mean, your body, your, your weight's going to continue to go. He should have just got his arm down. And it'd be neither here nor there. We'd see what was going on. But a couple untimely Joe Burrow interceptions. They just didn't look as uh, – well, one, they were under siege. So let me start that. The Chiefs were in the backfield all day long. Uh, I think Burrow got hit on like his first eight pass attempts between sacks and pressures. He got hit every single time he dropped back. And this line just looked the polar opposite of the the, the offensive line that played against the Bills a week prior. The, See, and I don't get that. That was a big question I had, you know, from last week to this week was uh, on paper, I think I like – the names the Bills have up front compared to Kansas City. I mean, Casey has uh, Chris Jones, who obviously is probably the the best guy on both teams. And when Von he Miller's not healthy, but yeah, it's like, wh- what did the fucking Bills? How did they shit the bed so bad <laughs> a week ago, where they barely got any pressure on this guy with these bums? And then you saw what Kansas City was able to do. And I, I mean, I wonder if it's you know who, who's Buffalo's. DC Leslie Frazier mm-hmm. and you know Smagnolo for uh, Chiefs. If I'm not mistaken. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it's just a scheme thing. And if if Kansas City can't, or I'm sorry, if Buffalo can't scheme to get pressure <laughs> on a guy at home in the snow where they have three of their starters out, the Buffalo is probably gonna. You know, we, we think we talked about it a little bit last week. Buffalo's going into the season with everyone's. Uh, they're, they're gonna. Their Super Bowl favorite. They throughout the playoffs, man, they look to be the the odd man out, right? Like the the other good teams in the AFC just seem like they're gonna keep getting better or at least hang out there where Buffalo they've they've done enough to kind of lock themselves or or haven't done enough, however you want to word it, to lock themselves in as the annual year-in, year-out disappointment come playoff time. Yeah, I mean, I still believe that that DeMar Hamlin situation played a huge role in the Bills after that. They just didn't seem the same. I mean, they let the Dolphins hang around for far too long in the wild card round and made Skylar Thompson look like a competent NFL quarterback in that game. And then they just looked flat and defeated against the the Bengals pretty early on. It was. It was. This has been a two lot of Bengals. Two Bengals stinkers in a row. There's been a lot of bad football in the playoffs. I mean, I I can't say there was a good game yet. Um, I after think that first game, weekend, we the yeah, bar was set so fucking high. That wild card weekend was. Um, that, I think I said it when we recorded. It was one of the best weekends of football I ever watched. I can remember. There was a lot of yeah. There was a lot of scoring. I so yeah. I'll give it that. Dude, I still don't know that they were good games. I mean, listen, we were just talking about the Bills. The, there was 60-some points, Bills-Dolphins. That game wasn't supposed to happen, right? I mean, yeah. we both said that the, that the Vikings were a little bit of a fraud, you know, that the Giants got past them. Tampa Bay, I mean, they were a losing record that made the playoffs. You know? So that wasn't too shocking that Dallas dispatched to them. But, you know, I, I still by and large think it's it's been it's been a bad run. The NFL and the playoffs, um, regardless of conference, to be honest with you, I, I do. And the end of the day, I think that the Bengals are just as good as the Chiefs, in my opinion. I think they play that game 10 times, it's five and five when it's all said and done. Yeah, I agree. little favor in the Chiefs here, but the two best teams made it to the Super Bowl this year. And if, if sure. the Bengals would have beat the Chiefs, I would probably make that same statement. It's whoever was better on that game was the best team in the AFC this year, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah so, I don't disagree. Yeah, so the, the end result was there. Both one seeds made it to the Super Bowl, so it's chalk uh, at the end of the day. You know, I, I think the, the bang, better days are ahead for the Bengals. I like Luana Rumo in defense. I think he gets the most out of his players. Hopefully they can fix that offensive line with the Bengals because that's still what's holding them back at the end of the day. They, I mean, they look coming into this year. They fixed well, they it. all got they all got hurt again. That was the problem. I mean, one Lyle Collins wasn't what they expected, and then they lost two other guys going into the game. Or three, I think. So I think they had one starter on that O line from what started the season. You know, and even draft picks like Jonah Williams hasn't panned out. He's been bad as a left tackle. So they're investing in the position, but they're just not getting the results that that they want out of the players. And you need an offensive line for that 
offense, you know, to really be able to hit. I mean, you're looking at, you know, they're a push the ball down the field offense and they turned into like a short dink and dunk because Burrow has no time to throw. Yeah. So you can't use your weapons like T Higgins and Jamar chase the way they did at points last year, because Burrow's running for his life. Every single play also kills the run game, you know, which they looked terrible running the ball. I mean, entirely they had, as a team, 71 rushing yards on 17 attempts and 30 of those yards came from Joe Burrow. Yeah. Yeah. 30 of those yards came from Joe Burrow on scrambles. I mean, listen, KC didn't do any better. They had 20 carries for 42 yards in the game. They couldn't run the ball to save their lives uh, against the Bengals. Um, So it's not like one team was superior as far as that's concerned. It's just a few untimely, uh, you know, a little untimely involvement by the Zebras. And, you know, we got a, the Chiefs Eagle Super Bowl. I talk about how shitty the the run game was. Not not counting the quarterbacks. The the longest run for the Bengals, uh, P. Ryan hit a seven yarder, and the longest mm-hmm. for the Chiefs, Pacheco hit a six yarder. So yeah, nobody I mean, even nobody even ran. I mean, obviously, I don't know what the down and distance was when they took off, but nobody uh, theoretically even ran for a first down. Like <laughs> they, no, they couldn't I mean, have got. To, yeah. To give Mixon a little do, he also had a seven yard long run. So it wasn't even P Ryan. They tied for the long run. But yeah, <laughs> Mixon, Mixon didn't do crap. Pa- other than that. Sec- second to Pacheco was Hardman with a five yarder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was it was ugly. Um tell you what, Pacheco looked good as a pass catcher though, and I'm sure we'll get into that. He had five for fifty nine on six targets. He runs angry as shit. I'm pretty certain he got a concussion on the one run on the sideline. And he popped up and they like shuttled him off to the sideline pretty quick. And then they showed the, a trainer speaking to him and he was like trying to wave him off and shake him off. And they never made any reference to him going to the medical tent and he played <laughs> later in the game. So that might be neither here nor there, but his running style seems like it would increase the likelihood of, of head injuries. But even regardless, he would likely be fine two weeks going into the Super Bowl cleared me- medically speaking but he uh he at least was able to produce as a pass catcher because yeah he couldn't really do much as a runner in that game but you'll take the five for 59 what's proven interesting is how jerk how little jerk mckinnon's been involved what happened with that in this run because even going I, into the playoffs me and you were like we got to squeeze mckinnon into these lineups so the fact that he fucking has vanished and and for no real reason. I mean, didn't he have a good week, 17 or 18, something to close the year? We were like, okay, this is trending in the right direction. And, I mean, Pacheco might just be grossly outplaying him. I mean, passes the eyeball test at least. But, yeah, the, the, the complete disappearance of McKinnon is pretty shocking to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm just at the rush. He at least he had 11 carries in the Jacksonville game. He hasn't been involved as a pass catcher at all. I mean, he got yeah. lapped by Pacheco in this Bengals game. I mean, he did have four targets, didn't do shit with them. Uh, I mean, he ended up with two for 17. Like I said, well, Pacheco turned his six into five for 59. Like, maybe wear and tear. I mean, it's, I'm pretty sure McKinnon's a 31-year-old running back at this point in time. He's 30-year-old, and he's had some significant injuries in his life. Maybe they overused him. And now they're looking at the this 21-year-old bulldozer in Isaiah Pacheco who runs like his hair's on fire every single play. And they're taking some of the load off of McKinnon, which is ironic, right? Because they lost like all their receivers in the game yeah. against the Bengals. And there's oh, still, we talked about no, that before. There was no increased usage for for Jerk McKinnon. I would think he'd be out in the slot, you know, getting dump offs, stuff like that. No, they're throwing it to like some guy named Matt Kemp, like in a critical third down. I'm Marcus, like, Marcus Kemp. Marcus Kemp? Yeah, him too. <laughs> Sean right. Kemp. Sean Kemp. That's right. Yeah, that's who, dude. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Congratulations. You got a catch in the playoffs. But yeah, it's been it's been odd to to put it mildly, which casts a lot more doubt on you know Super Bowl usage, right? Because yeah. Eagles are good at eliminating the run. Christian McCaffrey did his damnedest um in our game. And they have a good offensive line. And it was largely one run by McCaffrey that did his whole day. And it was a pretty damn good run, um, I'll have to admit. But he had to break four tacklers for that run. He had 15 for 84 with his 23-yard touchdown run. So on his other 14 carries, he had 61 yards. Nothing 
nothing special. Um, and I don't think they're going to commit to the run Kansas city. So it looks, it, it should be another Jarek McKinnon game. It should. That's theoretically, he should be the one in catching the checkdowns, passing <laughs> who knows, but they used Isaiah Pacheco in that role against the, the, the Bengals. So maybe McKinnon's hurt. So before we kind of go through the players and, and, and which, you know, depth chart down the depth chart guys, we kind of like to, to plug in these fantasy playoff fantasy lineups. We we've been talking up Pacheco and the name McCaffrey has been uh, thrown out there a bit. So just to bounce back to dynasty for a second, put you on the spot here. Where do you have just off the top of your head? How high do you have McCaffrey next year, full season with the Niners? And then there's a, a second part. Um, It'd be hard not to put him in the top three. Um, you said dynasty, but are you talking? If you're just saying next year, truly, you'd probably still be my running back one. To be honest with you, that's what I'm thinking, right? Yeah, I mean, not it, dynasty, not um, <clears throat> age is creeping up on him. I, I have an unhealthy affinity for B. John Robinson that I think will be the dynasty running back one in very short order. I think Brees Hall was showing people a lot before he got hurt. If he can come back from that injury with that offense, he's going to be something special. I'm um, I'm writing a thing right now for – I'm doing a series for um, DLF uh, all offseason with doing mocks and the first couple I've done with rookies. And I was looking at – DLF has like their cornerstone rankings, which are guys that are rookies last year, this year, and – Debbie guys for next year and you kind of rank those you know three-year window guys um and one of them Brees Hall was I think third overall and they were third RB3 and they were actually in the article I think Ryan wrote it said uh that they were shocked he wasn't number one I mean and I, and I thought Brees Hall was good I don't know if he was that good but I mean I might be out of the loop because even you were just talking about how kind of upside you think he has in the Jets offense. So that's interesting. I think my evaluation is off on him a little bit. And it doesn't mean I don't like him. I just didn't know everyone else was so high on him. Yeah, I'm a I I was impressed um with with what he I think he would have no pun intended ran away with rookie of the year if he hadn't got injured. I mean he was he was hitting his stride. And the game he got injured he was destroying the Broncos. Um I think we were going to be looking at a <laughs> yeah, right, In- including every head coach candidate who clearly told them no, they want nothing to do with the Broncos, largely because they have no draft picks and they're tethered to Russell Wilson for the foreseeable future. But um, yeah, I'm a I'm, I'm big on Brees Hall, um, and the McCaffrey thing. My only concern is you know them trying to limit the wear and tear on him. Uh, when when it comes time to have to win, it's all McCaffrey all the time. But sure. You know, a healthy Eli Mitchell deserves 10-plus touches a game yeah. you know, during the regular season, which will limit them. And they don't want to be a pass-heavy offense. So a lot of his difference-making capabilities in the fact that he's going to get you five-plus receptions a game on average, you know, which is just sets that fantasy floor so high. I just – I could see him living in, like, the 15-touch world most games for them next year. And still being super productive, yeah. but not being the like running back plus receiver that we've had in our lineups for the last several years. So that's that's so my, that my first. My first part was that. How high do you have him? Because I think for me, he's my RB one next year. Just you know, off the top of my head. Now the second part, Pacheco. Do you have him in the top twelve spot heading into next year? I, I I haven't broke down rankings yet for next year, not even slightly, but especially seeing him get more involved in the passing game now. He, and, and I liked him coming out last year. You're going to have a hard time. And, you know, obviously anything could change here if they sign, you know, Barkley or something crazy happens. But you're going to have a hard time convincing me, based on what we've seen through the playoffs so far, that Pacheco isn't top 12-ish in my rankings next year. Yeah. I'm not going to put him there. Um, Cause I always think there'll be another guy, especially in the past game, but it's even shocking. I, I, 
we both like Pacheco. Um, and this still even shocks me to see that he he piled up 830 rushing yards on the season, 4.9 yards per carry. Caught 13 of his 14 targets for 130 yards in the regular season as well, 10 yards per clip. Didn't get a, a, a big opportunity. Um, and they even use him in the return game because they wanted to get his speed and play. Get him off the return game, please. I hate <laughs> that with my starters because that's just an opportunity for them to get hurt that likely will produce me no fantasy points yeah i get why real nfl teams want to do that but it always makes me cringe uh, when my guy is still playing special teams unless he scores a touchdown on the play it's a play where i can only be negatively impacted <laughs> if he gets injured so get him get someone else in there get your get a seventh round wide receiver to do that instead let him eat up an active roster spot. He won't be top 12 for me a long roundabout way of answering your question. I do want starting running backs in high powered offenses. I just think he's when you said it, I knew you were going to ask the second question. And I was like, he's definitely inside my top 20. I mean, he's probably a high end RB two for me that will have RB one weeks. Um, there's just so many opportunities at red zone where they still throw the ball. I mean, that's a huge issue for him is that Mahomes likes calling his own number, likes throwing the short touchdowns. Like they like being super creative where, you know, Travis Kelsey takes the, you know, takes the snap and uh, throws it to someone yeah. else. There's Stupid so much, pass. you know, there's no a lot great. of, uh, yeah, you know, tight ends, wide receivers running jet sweeps in, in there. They're just not this straight ahead. Oh yeah. We're it's first and goal to two. We're given two carries to Pacheco before we have to figure out what we do on third down. No, I mean, it's like, we might give him one chance. If he doesn't get in sure as shit, Andy Reid's dialing something up. That doesn't involve Pacheco at all. So I still think there's a little bit upside with him. I'm excited about the player, and I do think he will be a top 20 guy. He's a must-start option, but I could probably just rattle off 12 guys off the top of my head that I'll rank ahead of him in PPR next year. I I think what happened with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire just killed (laughs) the Andy Reid running back narrative that people forgot, like, what a productive position that role that is for fantasy. Because Edwards Hilaire was such a fucking disappointment over the last few years. So I don't, I'm kind of going back to that. Like traditionally, this the starting running back on, on Andy Reid's team has been a, a fantasy stud. And like I said, just seeing this, you know, you just said what? He had 17 targets all year and he had six 14. this week. Yeah, 14 so, targets all year. So I, so I think they're kicking the tires a little bit heading into 2023 i wouldn't be shocked to see him grossly outperform his adp yeah i don't disagree and just quickly i mean his postseason he's averaged five and a half yards per rush he's had seven targets caught six of them for 65 so yeah it's still limited sample size but yes he's seen half as many targets in two postseason games as he has the entire regular season and he's maintained his production uh, you know, as far as that's concerned. So, yeah, reason for, for optimism here. And one thing I have to say this before we move on is I will never forgive myself for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because if you remember, going back in that draft, I was not high on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Everyone was, like, sucking him off about how well he <laughs> – like, how many passes he caught. I'm like, he didn't do anything with them. Like, he just – that whole offense caught passes. Like, I was not impressed with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at all at LSU in that offense. And then stupid Patrick Mahomes has to ask for them to draft him at the end of the first round. And like a sheep, I just went right into the pen for slaughter and was like, oh, yeah, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. It's either him or Jonathan Taylor. Pick your poison. And I hated him. He was not even a top five running back for me before that. And I let the draft pick determine his, you know, Gary of Capital. I mean, me. it matters. And I, I want to just punch myself right in the face because I was like, I the whole I'm watching the film. I'm like, he's not that good. He's, he's not any running back in that LSU offense would have did the exact same shit he did that year. It was like predictable dump off after dump off pass. He just I never saw him break tackles. I didn't think he was anything special. I was like, he's good. He's decent. If he would have went in the third round, I wouldn't give him a shit about him. Like what I probably would have zero Clyde Edwards Lair in my portfolio. And instead I sunk significant capital into a guy that I did not like. And I avoided like the Deandre Swifts of the world who I thought was far superior. And even though he's been a fucking headache as well, I would clearly much rather have him on my dynasty rosters than Clyde Edwards. Oh yeah. True story. I'd rather still have Cam Akers still post ACL or post Achilles, all the drama that happened with the Rams and all. I would go back in time. I'd press that button 10 times out of 10 (laughs) over Clyde Edwards Lair. (laughs) All right, so we got the dynasty chat uh, out of the way uh, that I unintentionally squeezed in there, but we mentioned it earlier. 
They're RB3. You're not playing Ronald Jones this week under any circumstances. So if you have McKinnon available, you're you're going to use him probably because you have to. Pacheco, I really like this week. I've saved him in most spots. I think I, think I said it a bunch of times. There's just that weird feeling like that guy has a, you know, these weird no-name guys that pop in the Super Bowl. Uh, he seems like he could be that guy. Um, but we mentioned earlier the depth chart at wide receiver. Kansas City has a lot of options compared to Philly especially, but who are you liking here? I mean, you, you mentioned uh, Juju's a little banged up. Tony's banged up. I don't know. I haven't looked it up. I don't know what their status is. Hardman is back. You do have Sky Moore. Valdez Scantling had a big game last week, and, and some weeks he stinks. That's a boomer bust guy. So who among this group are the guys you kind of like for the Super Bowl, and is there anyone you are staying away from? Well, uh, Hartman got hurt in that game as well, too, like his abdomen, but he, it seems like he's okay afterwards. They're saying that Tony's is a foot ankle. He looked like he just like fell in a heap. I'm watching the play again now. Like he was trying to do one of his like cuts and he just, he dropped it. Looked like one of those like non contacty things where you start worrying about more significant damage, but we haven't heard anything, um, uh, about how injured he may or may not be. Um, I'm going to look into Juju real quick, too, um, to see if there's any update on him. Uh, he looks okay. Oh, Christ. That's, that, that was an old play they just showed. Um, I guess he's okay. Yeah. More to come on Juju. There's it's, it's not a lot. Uh, Tony's an injury. ankle. Yeah, and they said, yeah, foot ankle. Yeah, that he looked like he rolled his ankle or whatever. Um. So Valdez-Scantling tied for the team lead in targets in the game. Um, there's something to be said for that. Um, caught six of eight, a couple deep balls, you know, nice end zone target from him too. You know, same amount of targets as Kelsey had in the game. There's something to be said for that. If you hadn't used him, which you probably hadn't, I, I could see doing worse than him. It's, there's clear, there's an amount of trust that Mahomes has. He was throwing them in big spots and and MVS wasn't dropping them as he is wont to do from time to time. So if you have him, I can see. I I don't like the matchup against the Eagles secondary. We have two quality cornerbacks. We've been playing good on the back end, but I want those pass catchers. He's the healthiest out of all of them. I'd be leaning towards him. I'm not trusting Kadarius Tony at all. I don't care two weeks from now. They tell me his he's as healthy as he's ever been, and they show me great videos of him in practice. As much as I like the guy, I'm definitely not. If I hadn't used him already, I'm sure shit not using him in the Super Bowl. Really? Uh, now, see, I, I go opposite on Tony. Yeah, but when when everyone's off, you're on. Well, no, like you you, you mentioned, just gets thing. hurt on routine plays. I mean, he hurt himself on this play. Wow, no one hurt okay. him. He That's he hurt true. himself on this play. It's <laughs> he needs a better plyo regimen. I think, I mean, the guy needs to work on like muscle, like his lower body (laughs) flexibility. You know, he does all this herky jerky shit, like, and he keeps picking up lower body injuries. And a lot of times it's non-contact. I mean, so it's just stretch better, dude. You know what I mean? Yoga. Yeah. Do something, man. Like care. Like (laughs) just if I, if I had no other, well, I mean, obviously you have no other choices than you have to pick him but i, I kind of like the upside and it's based on something you said when we started building the lineups at the start of the uh playoffs which was reed seems to like him if he's on the field they scheme him to get involved and there is a world where i could see tony having you know some goofy red zone plays scheme just for him to get open i mean he could maybe not be heavily involved but i see a world where he has two touchdowns on three targets for like 30 yards, you know? I wouldn't be surprised. His He had two targets, caught one of them from nine yards. His other was a challenge play in the end zone where he made a heck of a <clears throat> attempt and he just couldn't secure it through the ground. So he could have even had a touchdown in his limited opportunity. And he did have seven targets against Jacksonville, about five for 36. Yeah, there when he's on the field, there's a distinct possibility he is seeing the ball in some capacity. It's just the first part he's of the field. when he's on the field. <laughs> I mean, that's been the story of Kadarius Tony. There's no just denying his just God given ability. 
you know, to make people miss in space and his explosiveness. It's just he racks up injuries just at an unbelievable pace. I mean, and these are like soft tissue things by and large, it seems like. Yeah, these are not like he took a big hit or, you know, there was a freak injury where someone rolled up on his ankle or, you know, any of that type of shit. These are just like him playing football injuries. Yeah. Like typical, you know, course of a you know, day in the life of Darius Tony, you know, tries to juke someone out and rolls his own ankle. You know, I don't know. Take yeah. him up harder. I don't know what to tell you. Like, and the thing something better they can do. Like the, the, the contrast to me with the, Chiefs wide receivers to the Philly running backs is if you're down big and you need to to cross your fingers and hope for a bunch of points to make up some ground in any of these uh, playoff leagues, I, I mean, Tony and Valdez Scantling have a shit ton of upside. I mean, Valdez Scantling's obviously the big play guy. He can catch a 60-yarder for a touchdown and get you 12 points there. Like we said, t- Tony's super dynamic, just gets hurt a lot, and but they do scheme for him where those guys can have an explosion and get you points, and even Hardman to, to a lesser extent too. I, I wish we saw more of him. I mean, he was he was hurt for a while. So Hardman, I wouldn't – if I'm already trailing and, it, you know, thinking of it in, in terms of like a, a GPP contest, give me the upside of Hardman opposed to Juju's floor, especially if I'm – down and need to make up points here in this in this final game of the season. So I like all them better than Juju unless I was in first place and was just trying to maintain. But even that, I mean, it's not like Juju has a safe floor. He had fucking one catch for seven this week. So his his floor is close to zero anyway. So I, I, I think even if you have all the Chiefs wide receivers available to you, Juju's the one I'm least interested in. Yeah, it's well said. I mean, I'm just looking. Juju hasn't done shit in like a month, not even in the postseason. I mean, How about in 2022? Nice How about in a year? Nah, nah, <laughs> don't do that. Don't don't be that guy. Um, two he, years. How about the last been, fucking three seasons? Been well enough. He had 900 yards this year on 78 catches. He hasn't been a dud. He had a 10 catch, 88 yard game against Houston not that long ago. We'll take that. And the week before he was nine for 74 and a touchdown. I mean, those you're pretty pleased with that production, but since then three for 27, two for 21, two for 35 playoffs, two for 29 and one for seven before leaving with injury. He's not been involved. Hasn't seen more than four targets in the last five games they've played and now picks up another injury. Yeah. The upside really isn't there. If you're playing to, to do something special, then by all means you need to, go with a Marquez Valdez Scantling and Kadarius Tony um, type stack. I, I agree with you. And sorry, I'm just looking up snap counts because I wanted to get an idea. As to, and I know it was injury, but uh, 45% of snaps still played for Juju. So even though he was injured, he played a fair amount of snaps. Sky Moore played 58% of snaps and do shit with it. He had seven targets, caught three of them for 13 yards. I didn't even know he had seven targets, to be honest with you. I saw he had a run. Right. I thought he had a run. He did not. So I guess it was counted as a pass. Just very inefficient. Miko Hartman only played 22% of snaps, um, 15 overall. So re injured or limited. I know he did get hurt in the game. Kadarius only played four snaps. So um, two targets. <laughs> four snaps, two targets. Yeah, in the game. So, and I think it was like any, they were two pass plays of those <laughs> four snaps, I think. So he saw 100% of the targets in those plays. So, it's just tough because the week before he only played 29% of snaps um, against the Jaguars and talking about Kadarius Tony. So it's been tough. Justin Watson was a 56% snap guy two weeks ago. He was inactive. I think they said he was hurt, but I just think it was because Hardman came back that he just was like a numbers crunch. We might see Justin Watson active again. He just Watson's, he, his, <laughs> he's fucking his snap share throughout the year was ridiculously high. In general, then you mm-hmm. compare that to his fucking targets. It's like that guy's on the field constantly, and they don't even look his way. It, it was, you know, as we went through it week by week, and we're doing these teams and looking at snap counts and, and, and targets and shit, I couldn't believe how much he was on the field. And then you look at the actual usage, and you go, well, what was he doing? I mean, oh, dude, just, he was, dude, he was getting his cardio, right? Yeah, it's I mean, nuts. Yeah, I mean, the irony was, one, two, three, four. He was fifth in yards on the team. 
But I mean, that says more to Mikael Hardman being injured and Sky Moore not doing shit and and Kadarius Tony coming over late in the season. But you know, he only saw 34 targets at 315 yards and two touchdowns on a year. He was kind of their big play guy from time to time. But yeah, he maxed out with a five target game. So you know, he he was just out there stretching defenses. Bef- you know, and now it's become MVS's kind of primary responsibility as they want to get. You know, Kadarius Tony and all involved in the game plan. So Justin Watson got squeezed out, but he might be active if these guys aren't. And that could be a, a decent pivot. I wouldn't be putting him in over any of the other Chiefs that we described. But if Justin Watson's active on game day, I'm starting him over the Quez Watt and Zach Pascal side of the house, as we were talking about to run that back to the Eagles early on. Give me the upside of a deep ball from Mahomes over, you know, a check down for Zach Pascal any day. Yeah. I'm just looking at their snap count on the year. Justin Watson, 532. He was third on the team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, 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 I'm looking at it. Yeah, I mean, he he was in the 80% snaps for a two-week span during the season, weeks 11 and 12. Yeah, he was in the 80% out there. Wasn't seeing the ball. Those aren't the weeks he saw five targets, I'll tell you that much. But he was out there. Wild. But yeah. I think we've uh, covered it all. There's not anybody, no real slippers here. I mean, if you're – Every once in a while, you know, we, we talked about like the, the, the Travis Kelsey uh, <laughs> jump pass to Noah Gray. There, there's, there is a little upside with Noah Gray. Uh, but, you know, if, if you are in a position, I, I screwed up in one league and I ended up playing Goddard and Kelsey. And they, of course, I ended up with nothing here. So I will have Noah Gray in at least one lineup with my fingers crossed for some red zone magic. But, other than that, yeah, I mean, like we said at the beginning, most of your decisions up till now have forced you into the decisions you have to make this week. Hopefully we gave you some, uh, you know, depth to think about here with the KC receivers and Philly running backs. Tight end and quarterback should already be decided for you, but that should do it for us. We're going to take a week off and enjoy the Super Bowl, and we'll be back the week after the Super Bowl and start jumping into – Dun, 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 dun. 20 23 rookie shit so anything you want to add before we get out of here no other than the fact that i was shocked that noah gray had a 64 percent snap share um this past week so you could do far worse than noah gray if you're in that pinch where you used your goddard and and kelsey stacks he's clearly the pivot i was looking at jack stole for a minute but no, no, not from a opportunity perspective. <laughs> it was, it will be Noah Gray for the, for the block. So, no, just excited for my Eagles in the Super Bowl, and uh, excited then to dive into twenty three. You know, this is a, a great time for us. I started looking at some of these rookies, John. We're gonna love a couple of these guys. If you haven't oh. got there yet, there's a few guys. I, I started. Like, yep, there he is. <laughs> that's that's our guy this year. Uh, who's ours? The Quandre Wright. Uh, yeah, right. yeah. Oh, 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 the pain. Let me tell you right? something. We liked Zonovan Knight too, but every time mm-hmm. I saw him out there in my back of my head, it was like, couldn't we have just switched the two Z whites? You know how excited I would have been to yeah, see well, him out there. I mean, to be fair, Zaquandre Wright didn't do, and I keep going to Wright when I say his name. I can't stop myself because I go Zaquandra. I think he goes by Quan as well. So this is what I'm going with now. But the Z is important. Zaquandre White was hardly less effective than Zamir White was this year. So <laughs> it's a it's a wash. And maybe year two of Zamir White, if they don't resign Josh Jacobs, could be a lot better. But it wasn't like it was a huge L. I still like the talent of the kid. Um, he just, you know, was a long shot and yeah, you know, couldn't crack the top four with the Dolphins. It's unfortunate. But there'll always be misses, but our track record of success of the non-obvious guys, you know, still is above reproach. So, you know, when you start talking about the the Aaron Jones and the Antonio Gibsons and the Tony Pollards of the world, it's usually a 41st. So uh, I'll take the L on a fourth round of Quandre White who doesn't pan out <laughs> from time to time. I'm still going to keep swigging and, this class, as far as running back, is even is is super deep too. So you're going to get guys you love in like the late second round. Like I don't know if you saw, I tagged you in a uh, rookie yes, mock, and I'm like, oh no, I got it. It's tough. I mean, I listen. There was still a couple guys there I liked. I think Devin A. Chain is 
going to go pretty high and he's a super explosive kid. I just, for, for just to save you some effort, Zay flowers hasn't been drafted yet. I almost went Zay oh. flowers. That was that the Boston college kid, right? Yeah. I mean, kids a stud. And then uh, I also like Kenny McIntosh a lot. I think he's he's being undervalued right now as kind of a lightly used Georgia back, but I, I like the way he plays and he's a dual threat as well. So I'm looking at, I was what, like pick two, six or two, whatever I was mid second round. And I'm still like literally debating between multiple guys that I'm going to be high on, you know, come draft season. So two names for you to, to take a look at when, uh, you drop flowers have been in. mocked in NFL first round. So, Oh yeah. I, I mean, get, he's, I can get him here. I'll take him. Yeah. Vusu literally just said that. Um, and I forget the exact tweet, but pretty much said that Zay flowers is a better version of Deontay Johnson. Oh, don't, don't get me going there. <laughs> I I figured landing that plane right in front of you would not. Now I know. Now I, I can already tell <laughs> it send on tweet is going to be. Um, you might just want to attach that tweet <laughs> to your pick. Say, say no more. You had me at Deontay. <laughs> so, yeah, kid's electric. I was looking at him and I was just like, you know what? I want to, I want to say something about Devin A. Chain. So that's why I pivoted, but. Zay Flowers was all but selected. Yeah, landing spot's going to change a lot, but talent, kids should have been picked before now. I'll tell you that much. Well, yeah. So we're already digging into rookies unintentionally before we. <laughs> oh, we're get always digging, it. John. Yeah, but, don't think we just start next week. Hey, we start senior bowls this weekend. Yeah, we start the, talking next week. Yeah. John's going to have so much shit to talk about when we come back after the senior bowl of the guys he loves. This is his, he, he likes the old guys. So <laughs> no better time than the present to pivot. So fly Eagles fly on the road to victory. We're winning in Glendale. Two Super Bowls in my adult life. Never thought it was going to happen, but now we're getting greedy. And it's every year. Yeah, except nothing less. Super Bowl or bust for my Eagles. So get us out of here, John, before I say some shit I'm going to regret. <laughs> I just I'm pulling for Philly A for you and B I I I need the footage of the uh, Philly celebrations again. So people listen, running into poles and eating horse shit and all the other nonsense. Love listen, it. we we push the envelope. Okay, we're <laughs> we're not just like high fiving each other and going back to sleep, right? Yeah, we got to do some stupid shit apparently. So <laughs> be beware, city of Philadelphia. <laughs> As if precedent was already here. You think we're going under it? <laughs> I don't think so. Time, time to get unreasonable. Yeah, I mean, but, think of your wildest, you know, think, think, think what, what you can imagine in your wildest dreams and prepare for it. Well, that should do it for us. For myself, John DeBarry, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, uh, brought to you, of course, as always, by our friends at Expand the Box Score. We are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. Word to Philadelphia. Grease everything. <laughs> like... She'll build something and my son will knock it over. It was perfect. Uh, we're, we're on magnetiles with that and my son's the same. Oh, yeah. My son's the older one who shouldn't be doing it to his younger sister. You're, you have the younger son, which is kind of a little bit like, hey, well, you got to let him do it. But like, he comes through like Godzilla destroying these things and she loses her mind. And I'm like, all right. It's not well, a big deal. I showed her the last time. It's not a big Yeah. The last time with the magnetiles, I, I showed her, I was like, if you really give a fuck about this stupid she built some house for her <laughs> stuffed chinchilla <laughs> i'm like if you care here's what you do so i got a notebook out and i diagrammed it color square where each one was i go this is what you have to do if you care oh, this wow. much if i'm paying the do, price i thought you were either super gluing it or telling her to take it into her room i thought that was gonna be the i didn't think there was gonna be diagramming but i should have known Paper Dabari was going to get out a sheet of paper. Well, I'm not, I'm not paying for paper. You know, dealing with this bullshit because you're fucking <laughs> the tiles not in the correct place it was before. Uh, like, get I'm the like, fuck out of here. I'm like, literally, the purpose of these things is to continuously build stuff with them, not just. Build That's why I tell her with the Legos. Be, be there forever. So I was like, I'm not gonna. You know, my son, we do those like intricate like building Lego things together. We did a Minecraft one. Did all this. 
they break within a day, right? Because he plays with them. And he's like, Dad, we need to put this back together again. I was like, no. I did it once. <laughs> that's, that's literally all you're ever going to get out of me. It's what time. The, I don't even know where the instructions are. I'm not guessing what this thing looks like. I have all the instructions. Build something, build something else. They, build they something all come else. In, they'll come in the marked <laughs> bag, you know? Oh, yeah. So the, they do it the for initial you. time, yeah. it's not difficult. Once the gloves yeah, are once, off. Once two pieces are missing and mixed <laughs> in with the fucking world of Legos, good luck. Mm-hmm. Hey, Dad, can you fix this? No. Absolutely not, not only can I, won't I? I won't. No. <laughs> we, we got two issues here, son. Yeah, more importantly, I refuse <laughs> yes. to put my foot down. Not only is it beyond my capacity, I will not <laughs> even be dealing with this. <laughs> Under no yeah. circumstances. Yeah. Will I rebuild this thing so you can break it again tomorrow? 